0: Jesus thank you mighty Lord thank you mighty Lord just put your hands up to him this morning and receive that overwhelming peace from the one who loves you more than any any human being can possibly love you your Heavenly Father has lavished his love upon you and we receive it today in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord for your love thank you Lord for your effects that run so deep and bring such peace, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Thank you, mighty Lord. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. jesus thank you mighty god thank you mighty god oh jesus 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 you know earlier when barry was up here operating in the some gifts of knowledge and speaking to you this morning whether you're here person or whether you're watching online I, 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 when he came he said I, I just have some words I felt such a sense of my own spirit of a release of healing today and and if, if, if Barry was speaking to something that is is an operation or is holding you back then I, I want you to make sure you, you don't leave today you don't walk away from your computer you don't step away from however you're viewing this or participating and, and not receive what God has for you. know a lot of times we don't realize that we need to activate by faith what the father wants to release so many times Jesus looked at people and said your faith has what has made you whole your faith has made you whole, because you took a hold of the healing power of Christ. They didn't heal themselves, but their faith in him who could heal, in him who offered healing, in him who was releasing healing is what activated that healing in their life, and they were made whole. So by faith today, take a hold of what is there for you. Do not leave without grabbing a hold of what God has for you today. Don't step away from the broadcast without taking what God has offered to you today. It's there for you. It's yours. It's yours. Are you hearing me this morning? Someone say amen. Amen. That was a pretty weak amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, that's so much better. Praise the Lord. Wow. Well, you know, could we just, uh, today I would just like to honor some people. Could we honor all the people who have worked tirelessly every week whether in worship or in that room, they're just going like crazy in there. People behind cameras. I mean, these people have worked virtually every week since March 22nd and just poured themselves in. We've had a little bit of different people on worship team and stuff, but we've had so many people here every week giving of their time and of their heart. Can we give them a hand this morning and thank the Lord for them, amen? We just bless you guys. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. You folks that are hiding in the room back there, we love you. We bless you. We just thank you so much for all that you have done for us today. How many know God is good? Amen. All the time. Wow. Um, you know, yesterday we had uh, Isaac over, which is our, our niece Rebecca's husband, and uh, Isaac and Rebecca were at the house, and Isaac was relaying our interlocking stone in our backyard and in our front yard. And You know, it was late about, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. And, you know, he was saying it it stayed in really good shape, but it started to sag and the stones were leaking out and the thing was starting to droop down and it was no longer level and stuff. And, you know, the the whole thing is I got meditating on last night as I was going to bed. The whole thing reminded me of how important a foundation is. You know, like the foundation underneath it was prepared quite well, and that's why it lasted for 15 years before it started to really sag out. But, you know, even if your, fan, your foundation is really excellent, it still needs attention. There come times in your life, even if your foundation is really, really solid, where you've got to go back and you've got to invest some time in the foundational things. You've got to take care of the things that are propping everything else in life up on which everything else is built. And so here he was out there, he pulled out all the stones, all the things that are sitting on the surface to make it look pretty, and he rebuilt the foundation underneath, packed it, put the screenings in, water, more packing, built it all up, and, and, you know, so that when he put the stones back in, it just looks perfect. And I was like, wow, how important foundation is. And so many believers neglect the foundation, but they, they take care of all the window dressings. Right? How I many know what I'm talking about? They're focused on all the stuff that everybody else sees and they're neglecting the foundation. And yet, the foundation is the thing that everything else is built on. Are you getting me this morning? And if your foundation is not good, right? If it is shifting sand, the Bible says, then eventually the house will no longer stand. As the foundation uh, shifts and sifts away, the house goes, doesn't stand anymore. That's why, you know, when I started last week talking about, you know, answering the question, who's am I? We're dealing with such a foundational thing. It's kind of like people are going, this is, why do I need to be told that? Everybody knows that, you know, I belong to the Lord. I mean, certainly every Christian knows I am the Lord. It's so foundational. Why do we need to address that? Because it is the foundation. It is the thing upon which everything else is built. And if you're, you're not understanding what it means to be the Lord's son or daughter, to belong to him, then your identity is going to be found in other things And you're no longer going to be built on the right foundation. And eventually, your house will no longer stand. Are you hearing me today? Father, I just ask for your grace today as we again go back to working on the foundation, putting underneath our feet that which we need to be able to stand in the day and to be able to do the work that you've called us to do. Father, we pray for that foundation to be built solid and secure and for us to understand exactly whose we are so that, Lord, we have the firmest of foundations underneath our feet as we go out and accomplish the things that you've called us to do. And we ask it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned last week, you know, we're talking about the big three questions we need to be able to answer, right? Whose am I? Who am I? And to whom am I? called? Or to whom am I aligned? And those three questions are the biggest questions you need to know the answers to in order to have uh, a life that is fulfilling, impactful, peaceful, uh, you know, that, that accomplishes the things for which you uh, have been designed. You need to know the answers to these questions. When we are talking about the question of uh, whose you are, we're talking about identity. When we're talking about the question of who you are, We're talking about purpose, and when we're answering the questions, uh, to whom am I aligned or whom am I called, we're dealing with alignment. We're dealing with identity, purpose, and alignment over the next number of weeks. And so last week, we started with identity. Whose are you? Identity. And, you know, consistently being able to answer that question, that I am the Lord's son or daughter, I belong to him, is the foundation of our personal identity. And if we don't get that straight, we're in trouble the rest of our lives. I mentioned last week how the the Anglican Church's Westminster Confession says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And, And I mentioned how it was so close, not quite right, but so close that the chief end of man is actually to be loved by God and to enjoy him forever. That if you understand what was in the heart of the Father, he created us so that he could pour out. He who is love had no one to love. So he who is love, God is love, created us so that he could pour out his heart upon his creation so that he could love us. And the added bonus for God is that when the penny drops for us and we love him back, right? When we love him back, when we glorify him back, that's the, that is the, the result, not the, the cause. The cause is God loves us, amen? God loves us. That's the foundation. That's what it's built on. He has poured out his love upon us. That is the foundation. Hallelujah. So I want to... I had some people this past week who said, Now, Pastor, you said knowing the answer to the question, whose I am, is about identity, and then knowing the answers to the question, who I am, is about purpose. But isn't, isn't who I am about identity? And I want to help clarify that. I want to clear that up for you today. And I'm going to, hopefully, when you walk away from this, you're going to go, Now I get what he's talking about. I want to make sure this is abundantly clear for you this morning. Now, you know. Finding your identity in the answers that you get to the question, who I am or who am I, is where the world gets most of its identity, all right? In fact, the better people are in the world at answering the question, who am I, and the answers they get, and the better they are integrating those questions, answers, I should say, into their life, the more successful they are. If you find people in the world who are highly successful in business or in, 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 in you know, uh, theater or anything, it doesn't matter what it is, there are people who've been able to ask that question, who am I, get some answers, know the answers well, and integrate the answers into their life. So when, you identif- when your identity is found then in the answer to the question, who am I, you end up with some great success, success stories, but the problem is your foundation's still in the wrong place because your foundation for your life is in yourself. It's in yourself. It's in your talents, your abilities, your looks, your successes, your uh, things that you have been the champion of. It is rooted in those things. But our identity's supposed to be rooted in whose I am. I am a child of the king. Now, most of the world doesn't know the answer to that question, so they look for their identity in who I am. But we're supposed to find our identity in whose I am. Am I making any sense to anybody here this morning? And when we find our identity in whose I am, that I am the son or the daughter of God, my life, my foundation becomes unshakable, unflappable, and I am unmovable by the enemy. Are you hearing me this morning? Your identity needs to be in the fact that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High King. It needs to be rooted in relationship. And this is what our world has such a difficult time with. Now, in the Eastern cultures, this was, if you'd been preaching this message, they'd go, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. And in fact, have you ever been reading through the Bible and you found these people's names before? Uh, you know, ben Ben-Adinadab, Ben-Ami, Ben-Hadad, Ben-Hanan, Ben-Hur, Benjamin, ben Onai, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Have you noticed that before? And you think, who are all these Bens, right? But, but Ben is a prefix that means son of. It means son of. So every time you declared that given name... Of your child you were speaking into their identity and it wasn't based on what they could do wasn't based on their talents their abilities how they looked anything else it was based on whose they are they are the son of this person you see in their culture they get it the penny had dropped they found their identity in their relationships not in what you do you understand what I'm saying but on our Western civilization we moved away from that Lots of people end up with the last name blacksmith or the end up with the you know, shoemaker. How do you think they got those last names? Because somewhere back in the family line, there was a blacksmith, there was a shoemaker, there was this, there was that. And, and identity started to shift in Western civilization from not from whose we are, but from who we are, what we do. Do you see the significance of that? See, our identity is to be found in whose we are. It's to be found in the fact that I belong to God. I belong to him. I am his son. I am his daughter. That's where my identity is found. Now, when you find your identity uh, in the answers that you get to the question, who am I, you can end up being very successful, as many people in the world are, but you can also end up very unfulfilled, restless, lost, I mean, lonely, all of those things as well. And that's why you find all these people who are highly successful, and they have just as high, if not higher, suicide rate than people who are not successful. People that are just average Joes in the world's eyes, right? And it's because they have an identity crisis. They've spent their whole life working on this stuff, only to find when they get to the top, right, that that they don't understand where they are. As John Maxwell said, there's there's nothing worse in life than to climb a ladder of success only to find out it's leaning against the wrong building. You know, to find out when you get to the top, this isn't who I am. And you see, the problem is that they have found all that success by pursuing who they see themselves to be rather than pursuing a relationship with the one who says, you're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. And their identity is rooted in the wrong stuff. So let me me show you how this works. If you were to ask most people the question, who are you? This is how they would respond. They would say, well, I am, insert an an adjective here, you know, because usually most people like to throw an adjective in. I'm, you know, of good, uh, smart, sharp, or whatever. But they say, I am uh, blank adjective, doctor, lawyer, teacher, mother, father, electrician, business owner, trucker, biker, office manager, president, conservative, liberal, musician, athlete, et et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who am I? This is who I am. Now, note every one of those answers is rooted in what a person does. Right? It's rooted in what they do. Or they may respond with, you know, the, to the answer to the question, you know, who am I? They may re- respond and say, well, I'm I'm tall, short, kind, generous, compassionate, short-tempered, brunette, blonde, athletic, lazy, white, black, smart, slow, quick, intelligent, etc., etc., etc. Again, note each one of these answers has to do with traits with which you are characterized or which you developed. All right? Now when a person knows the answer to these questions and knows it well, it certainly can make for success. Knowing who you are and what you were born with, right, certainly makes you capable of succeeding. But that is, as I've said, knowing who you are, not whose you are. And it's about purpose. And purpose, knowing your purpose can certainly make you successful. But when you find your identity in who you are, in in what you perceive to be your purpose, you have a problem. You have a problem. Here's what that problem looks like. What happens if your identity is found in being a doctor and you can no longer practice medicine? What happens if your identity is found in the fact that you're a really good teacher, but you can no longer function as a teacher? What happens if your identity is in your looks and all of a sudden, you know, something happens and you're disfigured and your looks are no longer there? What happens if your identity is in your intelligence but you end up with a, a, a brain injury and you're no longer sharp anymore and you can't pull those things up or, or, you know, senile dementia starts to set in or Alzheimer's or some other thing? What happens when that foundation's pulled away? Now who are you? If your identity is, is in those things that you identify uh, as your, you know, who you are, then you are in big trouble. But if your identity is found in whose you are, all of that other stuff can change. You could be a lawyer, no longer able to practice law. I'm still a son or a daughter of God. You could be a teacher who's no longer able to teach. I am still the adored of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you could be an athlete who, who breaks a leg and can no longer compete, but you know what? I am still his favorite, hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? When your identity is rooted in whose you are, then there's, you're unflappable. Nothing that happens in this life can change whose you are and therefore cannot change your identity. Your identity is sure, it's secure. Now, who you are, who you are, your purpose, doctor, lawyer, teacher, uh, pastor, uh, counselor, smart, intelligent, tall, short, whatever, those things can change. And you know what? That's okay. God's purpose for you today, you know, Mark and, and Katrina were, have passion for missions, and they were in Uganda, and they said, this is, this is the, what we were designed for. We, this is our purpose. And then God says, "Oops, um, you're having a third child. It's time to go home." <laughs> what? 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 And all of a sudden, if their identity was in missionary, their life is just unravelled, just like that. But their identity was in the fact that they are a beloved son and daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whether they're over in Uganda as missionaries or whether Mark was back home in, in Spokane packing groceries at a Walmart, it didn't change the fact that he knew he was loved of the Lord, he was a son of God, his identity was sure, and he said, it doesn't matter. If God, if God has a different purpose for me in my next season of life, then that's Okay. But I know so many people, even pastors, that their, their whole identity is wrapped up in the fact that I'm a pastor. And if that was taken away, I, I see guys that all of a sudden they can't be a pastor anymore or, they, or maybe they, they just weren't really good at it and you know they get voted out by their church or whatever and they end up walking away from God. How does that happen? It happens because they were getting their identity from what they were doing, from their purpose, rather than getting their identity from whose they were, from being a son or a daughter of God. Am I making any sense to anybody? Now do you see how knowing the answer to the question, whose you are, is about identity. Knowing the answer to the question, who you are, is about purpose. And guess what? Who I am has changed numerous times in my life because God's assignment on my life has changed. God's purpose for my life has changed. He has redirected my footprints and he's put me in this place or that place and he's, he's given me different things to do and different purpose and I've been able to walk in them. But you know what? My identity's never shifted. If I was no longer pastoring tomorrow and I I end up, you know, I don't know, going into contracting like with my boys or wiring houses or whatever, you know what? Wouldn't change the fact that I, of who I am, my identity, whose I am I should say, I'm still the Lord's. I'm still a beloved son of God and that doesn't change. My identity is steadfast. It's sure. (laughs) And when we get that, oh, praise the Lord, it is so wonderful. It is the most liberating truth in your life. So knowing who you are, answering the question, who you are, should have nothing to do with your identity. It has to do with purpose. And it's okay if that purpose shifts. God may have different purposes for you tomorrow than he has today. And that's okay, as long as you're working on that purpose from the position of knowing that you belong to the Lord. You are his son, you are his daughter. Your identity is secure. Now, the beautiful thing about that is when you, when you finally get to the place where ide- your identity is totally found in the fact that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're his son, you're his daughter, you are part of the divine kingdom of God, that you are going to rule and reign with him, that, you know, all your identity is wrapped up in in being part of the the royal kingdom family. When you get that, then, you know, it brings uh, such peace, contentment, and hope to your life. When you know that you're part of the family, that you're loved because you're his prized possession, his daughter, his son, man, does that bring peace to your heart. You know, the the whole world can just seem to be going crazy around you, but when you know that you know that you know that you're the son or the daughter of the Most High God, peace, just, thank you, Jesus, that you are my father. Oh, it is such a wonderful thing. When you know that he loves you because you're his child and not because of your skills, your abilities, your looks, your intelligence, how well you performed or not, then guess what? You experience incredible contentment as well. Contentment. I used to get stressed out as a pastor if, you know, if, if, uh, if this person, you know, wasn't, uh, uh, you know, doing really well or if t- attendance was down for three months in a row. Or, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd go, oh, what? I'm, you know, I'm failing. And I'd start because I was finding my identity in what I was doing. And God had to deliver me from that. And he had to say, you know what, it wouldn't matter if there's, if COVID hits and there's only 50 people in church, instead of 250 or 300 people in church, how does that change your identity? It doesn't. It doesn't. My identity as a beloved of God is rock solid, regardless of whether y'all are here or not. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Uh... Nikki, I said that for you. You got the y'all, right? Whether y'all here or not, that doesn't change for me. Uh, My identity is secure. It's secure because I am a son, daughter of the king. Hallelujah. And you know, and when you know that your family and that his plans for you are rooted in your relationship with him and not in your successes or your failures, then you also can have this incredibly audacious hope. I have hope for the future. Not because my hope is rooted in in how talented or capable or able I am, my hope is rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ, and because of that, my hope is massive, and it's unshakable. It is it is you know to quote Barack Obama, it's audacious. It's audacious. I have audacious hope, not because of who's president, but because of who's Lord, who's King and I'm part of his family amen (laughs) come on are you getting this this morning because of my identity being rooted in Christ and the fact that I'm a son or a daughter I have peace contentment and hope I have so many other things too there's just overflowing abundance of stuff going on because of that so let me let me just wrap things up this morning okay so knowing whose you are your identity a son or daughter of the king now get this this morning that actually determines who you are. So knowing who you are, once you get the foundation laid, that actually determines who you are, your purpose, what your mission is, your, you know, what God has for you, the things that he's gifted you with, the abilities that you have, all of that is, is stacked on top of the foundation of whose you are. And if you instead make those things your foundation, that foundation can be shaky. But if it's built on the foundation of whose you are, it is firm you can go out and confidently do things that are about your purpose to a greater degree if you actually know your foundation, whose you are. And then when you know whose you are and who you are, when you have identity and purpose, then you will know to whom you're to align your life. You know, the Bible says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed, alignment. You need to find people, that not that you agree with everything about them, but that you agree with the fundamental of their heart. And then you need to align yourself with them and you need to walk with them. No more of this bouncing from here to here to there to there, avoiding relationship, never going, having a hundred relationships that are, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep. That describes so many people today in the church. Relationships everywhere. Oh, I know people in this church, that church. I've been everywhere. I've been to every church in Belleville, you know? A mile wide, inch deep. But how well do the people in those churches know you? How much intimacy do you have in, in your life? I don't mean sexual intimacy, I mean spiritual intimacy. I'll echo Ken Gill says intimacy means into me see. How many people are you letting see into your life? How many people have you given the, the, the keys? to your heart so that they can actually ask you the hard questions, you've aligned your life with them, and they are the ones that are walking with you to make sure that your footsteps don't falter. You know, if you like me, I, I got saved back, you know, in uh, 1980. And, you know, back in 1980, Jimmy Swaggart was the rage. I mean, everything was Swaggart, Swaggart, Swaggart. I love Jimmy Swaggart. I tried to preach like Jimmy Swaggart. I tried to... You know, I, I just tried to emulate Jimmy Swaggart. And I was out, you know, as a pastor a number of years later when Jimmy Swaggart fell. And I was like, if Jimmy Swaggart can't stand, how am I ever going to stand? How does anybody stand if Jimmy Swaggart can't stand? But you see, I hadn't, I hadn't really come to grips with this yet. And my identity, just like Jimmy Swaggart's, was in purpose rather than in whose I am. And people say, well, how in the world does a a Jimmy Swaggart, a Jim Baker, or any of these other evangelists and ministers and pastors, how do those people who are so powerful, so anointed, how do they end up falling? First of all, they didn't build their lives on whose they are. Their identity was not found in whose they are. But even if they did get some of that, and even if they did find their purpose and knew what their mission was and what their... Their calling was, they missed the third point that we're going to get to in a couple weeks. They never sat down and asked the question, to whom am I called to walk out my life? They never delved into alignment. Never answered that question. And that is how, I remember when Jimmy Swigert sent out his, um, his cassette tape to his partners and where he was giving an explanation of, what happened in his life, and he talked about, you know, the temptations, and he talked about it all, and then he made this statement, which exposed where the area of weakness was, and he said, you know, God was big enough, he said, but, you know, here's the problem, he said, "Uh, in that moment, I needed somebody, but who does Jimmy Swagger go to? No alignment. No alignment. Jimmy, you could have went to the, you know, dear old saint in the front row, You could have went to your other pastors in your church. You could have went to anybody. You could have aligned yourself with anybody and given them permission to speak into your life and to see in your life, but you didn't, and that was the problem. It wasn't that he didn't love God. It wasn't that he was some kind of a shuckster. None of those things are true. It's that he never answered the third question, and we'll get to that in a few weeks, but are you beginning to see how important this stuff is? You need to get your identity from whose you are. And then next week, we're going to start talking about what it is. Now that you know who you are, we're going to start talking about what it is to know who you are. To be able to identify purpose and move forward. Now, one closing thing I want to do this morning. And uh, I want to look at one scripture today in closing and help you kind of just put this whole thing together and lay it to rest. Um, why does Satan hate you? Does he hate you because you're good looking? I mean, if that's the case, I'm sure he hates me because, I mean, just look, right? Okay. Does he hate you because of your talents? Does he hate you because of your intelligence, your wisdom? Does he hate you because you're your black, white, you know, First Nations? What is the hatred that he has toward you rooted in? It's rooted in whose you are. It's rooted in your identity. Every time he looks at you, he is reminded of his uh, inability to be the Lord's favorite and you walking and receiving it for no merit other than he, God the Father, has lavished it upon you. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 says this How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Verse 13, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Can you put the screen down, uh, Gord, and you can flip over to this uh, image and put it online as well. Why does Satan hate us? Well, look at the scorecard. Here's Satan's declaration from Isaiah 14. And here is uh, the truth because of whose I am, right? Satan said, I will ascend into heaven. Well, Ephesians 1:3 says, I have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I'm the beloved of a king. I have right there what Satan was lusting for. Satan said, I will exalt my throne above the stars. Roman, Ephesians 1:5, Romans 18 tell us that I've been adopted as a son. And I'm already an heir. That's my identity. Satan said, I will sit on the mount of the congregation. 1 Corinthians 6.3 says that you and I will sit and judge angels. Why? Because you're a good judge? No, because you're a son or a daughter of the Most High King. Amen? Satan said, I'll ascend above the clouds. Ephesians 2.6 says, I've already been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Ha! <laughs> I'm telling you, isn't this fantastic? Satan said, I will be like the most high. But you know, Romans eight seventeen, Hebrews two eleven tell us that I am called a son, a brother, I'm family. I am in. Are you hearing me this morning? I am in. Satan hates us because not only were we created in God's image, but because as his beloved children, we have freely been given the very things that Satan wanted to take. They've been given to you freely, not because of anything that you have done, but because you are loved by him. Hallelujah. You can flick that back off, put it up. Are you hearing me this morning? Man, that is where the rubber meets the road. Satan hates you because of your identity, because you are a son or a daughter of God. That's why he hates you. He loathes you because of whose you are. On every one of your spirits is stamped property of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are family. And if you live your life as a family member, if you live your life as one who's been invited into the the family dinner table to sit down with the heavenly father and to plot the future of of the world if you can see yourself as a as someone who's been grafted in adopted made part of the divine family of God and you find your identity in that then there is nothing in this world that can stop you from finding out who you are because you know whose you are All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, Father, thank you that I am a beloved son of God, (laughs) that I'm family, I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ, that I'm seated with you in heavenly places, that all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. And none of it is because of what I've done. In fact, almost all of it's in spite of what I've done. It's given to me because I am your adopted son and daughter. I have been born again into the family of God. And uh, my identity is found in the fact that I am part of the family of God. And I'm unshakable, I'm unflappable. I am unmovable. I am uh, able to stand in any storm or situation because I am a child of God. Father, I thank you that the Bible describes me as many things. But the greatest revelation is that I'm family. The greatest revelation is that I am family. And as family, Lord, as a son, daughter of God, Lord, I cannot be defeated. Father, I thank you today, and I pray today, right now, in Jesus' name, whether it's people sitting here or whether they're online this morning or you're watching this later in the week, pray that you would have an epiphany moment, one of those aha moments where you have revelation of what it is to be loved by God, to be his son, his daughter, and that you start to pack that down and make that your firm foundation so that you are able to build your house upon that rock, your relationship, your, your, your connection to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you build it on that and on nothing else. And I pray that, that this would go so deep that that the rest of your life, you'll be able to say, someone asks you who you are, you'll be able to just say, no, and the real question is whose I am, you'll be able to say, I am a son or a daughter of God. And then you can start talking about the other stuff. Father, I thank you today. I give you praise. I give you glory in Jesus' magnificent name. amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Well, uh, you know, next week we're going to talk about uh, who you are. And then the week after that, as I mentioned last Sunday, uh, Ken Gill's going to be in the house on the 23rd. So uh, you're not going to miss out on that, are you? You're going to be here, right? Not going to miss out on it. It's going to be a fantastic Sunday morning. And so we just love you. We bless you. Go in the favor and the uh, blessing of the Lord. And if you would like prayer today, you know, we're here to serve you. We can we can pray for you today. Uh, if you're saying, "Well, what about you know uh, social distancing?" We'll we'll both put on masks and we'll 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 still pray for you because I think there's nothing that's better than being prayed for. So if you'd like prayer, to, we'd love to pray for you as well. Uh, we bless you. Have an amazing week in Him. Amen. Hey everybody, Pastor Kevin Dowling here from Desert Stream. Just giving a shout out to you and saying thanks for joining us this week. We trust that you received something out of what was shared today, and we hope that it spoke to you and that it encouraged you in this season that we find ourselves in. You know, you could do us a big favor if you would just uh, share, uh, like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let people know that there's a place that you found that you're getting an encouragement and hope each and every week. We hope you plan to check in with us next week, be a part of our expression again, and help spread the word that God is in control in the midst of this season. We love you.